Good morning, Marion Methodist. I'm so sorry I can't be here with you this morning. I'm dressed for the kind of party you're having today, but I'm just sad I can't be here today. And I know that a lot of you are super disappointed because you, you maybe you bought some extra tickets to try to get me in the dunk tank, and I can't be there. But, you know, I do have a couple suggestions. If you haven't decided yet uh, who you want to put in the dunk tank, um, here's two opportunities for you. Maybe one of these guys needs a bath today. Think about it. It might work. But honestly, um, I do hope you have a great time today. I am super disappointed. Um, and my disappointment is because I can't be here for the fall program la launch. I'm healing from a little bit of surgery I had a little while ago. Yet, uh, technology affords me the opportunity to share this kickoff message to the congregation of Marian Methodist that's gathered here uh, in the sanctuary and to those like me who need to worship uh, from home today digitally. Now this little talk is a fire hose, so buckle up. And it's entitled, We Are. You know, about 20 years ago, there was a movie called We Are Marshall. It was the story about Marshall University and how uh, some of you might remember back in the early 70s, their entire football team, except a few, were killed in a plane crash uh, after leaving a football game. And of course, the whole university went into a time of grieving and they were really struggling to, have, uh, to find their way forward. And then in the movie, as happened in real life, kind of a football coach grabbed hold of the moment and, and took the team out to, to a place where they could remember what happened. And, they, and he simply said, we need to acknowledge and bless where we've been. And then we need to fearlessly and intentionally move into the future that you claim for yourselves. From that, the university began to heal because they were dreaming a new way. I share that story for this moment, the fall launch, and I'm not going to be cute about that, but I will say this. We are Marian Methodists. It's time for us to acknowledge and bless where we've been in our 182-year history and at the same time claim a new day for Marian Methodists. I know that hundreds already have claimed this new day. We have several hundred now founding members that said, pick me, pick me, I want to be a member of the church, and there'll be more opportunities later this month. And so my intent this morning is to project a future where we together can faithfully and fearlessly and intentionally move into because we are Marian Methodist. We are a community of belonging, believing, and becoming. I find as I stand in the most connected generation for it also to be the loneliest. The most connected generation in the entire history of the world is the loneliest, and we need a place to belong. We have iPhones, we have the internet, we have Snapchat, we have TikTok, we have all the new technologies, and yet so many people find themselves lonely. And I want to tell you, to all of you, in a lonely world, you belong here. You belong at Marian Methodist, and you belong in the Church of Jesus Christ, no matter who you are, no matter how you present yourself, no matter what your ethnicity is, no matter what your original citizenship or language is, no matter if you lived in Marion Cedar Rapids your entire life, you are welcome and belong here 
You belong here. Because the truth of the matter is, as we look at the Christian world, growing our faith is most wonderfully done in community. We all have questions, and we desire answers to those questions. I mean, deep questions, questions that, that rattle down at the bottom of our souls, and we desire answers for those questions. And I gotta tell you that Marian Methodist is a community of faith where all questions are in balance. There is no question that someone can say, well, I probably shouldn't ask this in church, or this is gonna sound stupid, or I should know more about the Bible. Every single question is in bounds, and we have to ask them, and it's in this community we can grow. And I also know that we have doubts. Some of us have found doubts. Others of us have doubts about this or that within the scriptures. We have doubts that desire some certainty. Doubt is a powerful and real thing in our lives. And I will tell you in my own experience, it's best when considered. It's best when talked about. It's best when navigated together faithfully. Now, I will tell you this about Marian Methodist. Though we are a great community, none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect in belief, but we are all promising and we are inspiring to each other. So let's grow the depth of our faith together. And we are becoming a city on the hill, a beacon to our community. <clears throat> I've listened to the chatter about our church. I've listened to the chatter about your church on, on, on social media and various platforms, on, on, on Facebook, on Instagram, on, on Twitter, or X now, as it's called. And, and it's good. People are talking good things about us as a community. And I want to remind you, make sure that you contribute to that good talk. Because many in our metro area, it's not only just on social media, but it's in other traditional medias. Many in this metro area see this church, also known as you, as a blessing in a difficult world. We embody the words of Jesus found in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5. You are the light of the world, and a town on the hill cannot be hidden. We thrive to push away the darkness in many lives with the light of Christ that emanates from us. We, we glow because I know this to be true because I've lived here 20 years. The broken hearts, the wet eyes, and the bent knees of our community need a safe haven. And it's here in this community. We are a family that takes family seriously. The, the church is not like family. It is family. I've heard people say, oh, my church is like my family. No, church is not like family. It is family. Here in this body of Christ, we find a, it's a Greek word called koinonia. <clears throat> and koinonia means that we're, <clears throat> pardon me, Koinonia means that we have genuine fellowship, that we have real partnership with each other. That's what families do. Families have lifelong partnerships, life, lifelong fellowship with each other, whether it's at the Thanksgiving table or the lunch table. It's whether or not they're out doing yard work or whether they're simply sitting together watching a program. Families love unconditionally, and they support everyone within the family regardless of their circumstance in every single circumstance when somebody's in a joyful moment we throw a party 
We, we bake a cake. We blow out candles. We dance around. When somebody's in a difficult moment, whether they're going through a physical hardship or some sort of a relational thing, we gather together. We, we band together. Families do that. When someone's needing reconciliation because they themselves have done something wrong or harmed someone or, or made a, a, a huge mistake, families support. That's what families do. And your church is a family. And within that, your family resides. Advancing your family is serious business. Next week, we're going to launch a series of preaching, six weeks on that's called Fight for Your Families. I know today that cards are out there that you can take, hand them to each other, but even better yet, hand them to your neighbors and say, hey, our church is going to fight for your family for six weeks. We're going to do some teaching about that. Come on back. In, come on in here because your family matters. Your family matters, so we, we advocate for strong marriages, for strong Christ-centered marriages. We have programs for those. We have the weekend to remember coming up a little bit later in the fall. We offer encouragement to, to families of every makeup. You know, we, we don't get stuck in this, in this um, situation today that, you know, that a family looks a certain way. There are families that have multi-generations uh, leading children. There's families that have one parent in the home and then maybe another one somewhere else or maybe just one parent. There's a lot of dual parents in, in our, that, that might be considered the traditional makeup of family, but the world of, of family has changed so radically. We offer encouragement regardless of the makeup of the personalities and people that live in your home. And we tangibly help families raise their children in Christ. We dispense learning and teaching all the time, and we partner with, with every family. We partner with your family specifically in navigating the many temptations that can draw us away from Christ in the world. And we are, as a church, applying biblical principles in a modern world. We seek to teach you to do the hard thing, and that is to live with scripturally informed morality. Yeah, I know. Morality might have gone out of style in a generation or two, but we here, Marian Methodists, really seek to encourage people, and we do encourage people, to embody in agreement with the Ten Commandments that you find uh, in, in Exodus and Deuteronomy. The clear statements of faith that if we follow these things, they don't tell us what not to do. They, they show us how to better love God through, through more morality and values. We think it's really important as we, as we try to apply biblical principles in the world in which we live today to learn the timely nature of the timeless values of morality that are taught in the scriptures. And then we encourage and we cajole and we push ourselves to live it out. We, we push ourselves to engage the disciplines because living the Christian faith Living good morality is a moment-by-moment -moment decision. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, I gave my life to Christ. But in our morality and our values, we need to give our living to Christ. And we need to have some discipline behind that. And the community is part of it. It is this hard thing that we embed in the minds of our youth. We seek to teach them biblical values and morality all the time. Our ministry that's known as 412 across our community from the sign out there on the road is based on 1 Timothy. And, and I'm going to read a couple of chapter 4, a couple of verses before we get to 412. Chapter 4, verses 10 and following. That is why we labor and strive 
because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. And then 4.12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and purity. That is to say, we encourage our youth to set an example even for us in faithful, disciplined, Christ-centered values and morality living. And not only that, not just our students, but all of us, we believe we can do it. I believe you can do it. I believe I can do it. And we shall endeavor to do exactly that. We are servants of our community and our world for Christ's sake. That's something that we are. Jesus affirms his followers for their service to humanity without directly telling them what to do. He doesn't actually say, go do this. What he does say in Matthew 25 is, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Now, those that did those things said, Jesus, when did we ever see you doing that? And what the Lord said is most important for us to see and hear right now. He said, whenever you saw the least of one of my children, that is the brokenhearted, broken-spirited people in the world, whenever you saw one of those and you did one of these things, you did it directly to me. See, at Marian Methodist, we're servants of the community and the world. We see things, and we step in and serve. We see children not getting lunches in their neighbors where they have free and reduced lunches. We build fly. We see children and families not being able to stay in their homes, and we build uh, Marian Cares. We see people without Christmas. We give Christmas gifts. We, we, we see people that need help in, in community health-free clinics and a lot of other places you volunteer, and, and we go and serve. When we encounter a need at Marian Methodist, and it doesn't matter exactly what it is. I mean, it matters what it is, but, but I'm saying we don't have a defined category here. When we encounter a need, we care enough to ask the second question. When we, when we see someone and we say, how are you doing? And we can see they're not fine. And they tell us, well, I'm fine. We say, how are you fine? Or, or is something troubling you? When we encounter a need, we, we, we ask a second question and we take the time. We actually give the time, the gift of, of time and empathy. We, we listen to people. We take the time. Honestly, caring for people, it, it doesn't take nearly as much time if you really throw your heart at it as a silly program or a 15-minute YouTube video. And, and when we see or encounter a need, we never... Let the dim in our consciousness. We never let it dim in our consciousness until it's lessened in the community. We see and we seek for Christ's sake to step into those needs. And Marian Methodists, we are invitational and welcoming. I had a friend once that used to say this all the time for his church folks. Don't send an invitation, be one. Don't send an invitation, be one. I love that. 
Be an invitation. Embody the invitation. Do you know this? The, these statistics are, are, are true. They, they were done by Gallup and Pew Research. Both of them found the same answers. 92% of the people that attend worship and come to know a community like this were invited by a friend, a relative, an acquaintance, or a neighbor. 92%. That's most all of you. Some of you probably got it today off our website, but most of you came because a friend, relative, acquaintance, or neighbor brought you. Now, here's the thing that really was riveting. In the central United States, same survey, we're in the central United States, 84% of non-Christians in that area appreciate an invitation. They appreciate an invitation they appreciate it because when you invite them to something in, in your church, something that is important to you, what you're saying is, I include you in what's valuable to me. I, I would love for you to have a taste of what is critically important to, to me. I would love for you to see what I give my heart and soul towards in the work of, of Jesus Christ. And what really shocked me 84% of non-Christians appreciate the invitation. And get this, 75% of the people that are non-Christians, those people that you sometimes think, oh, they'll never be a church person, or they'll never want to come to Christ, 75% of them will seriously consider coming with you to a Christian program or worship service at your church. So don't stop inviting. You know, um, I'm not a Green Bay Packer fan. Everybody knows that. I'm not a New York Jets fan now either. But Aaron Rodgers completes 65% of his passes. That means that more than a third of them are incomplete. But guess what? He, he never stops throwing. Steph, Stephon Curry, who's one of the best basketball players of our generation, his three-point shooting percentage is only 43%, which means he misses more than half of his shots, and yet most people believe him to be the best shooter of all time. Neither one of them gives up. Neither one of them thinks for a moment when they're aiming at something, whether it's a pass or, or, or a jump shot, that they're going to miss. Even though one of them misses more than a third of the time and one of them misses more than half the time, they don't give up. They aim at success. And we as an invitational culture need to aim at that too. You're invited to be an invitation to the family of God who will not give up on the people that you know or assume that your invitation goes on deaf ears. Because all the statistics say it does not. And as an invitational welcoming people, we have to offer a welcome. I, I was in the, in the congregation just about a month ago, shaking hands like I do. And I'm, I love kind of, you know, navigating around the, the, the worship center here before worship services, sometimes after services. And I talked to one of you, and I had what I would consider a startling sentence that also was a blessing because after I shook your hand and put my hand on your shoulder as I'm wont to do you looked at my eyes and said thank you which puzzled me she said thank you you are the only person that has touched me or directly spoken to me this week well she'd been to the stores and all that kind of stuff 
But that personal touch, that personal welcome, really lit up her heart. And we have that to give. It's important for you every time you come to this place or every time you see people out in the, in the public to say happily, I'm glad you're here. It, it never hurts anyone when they receive someone that's got a smile on their face saying, well, I'm glad you're here today. This is going to be a great day. Part of it's because you're here. And I hope as a congregation, as part of our welcome, that we love our seats over here and here and way back there and up here, and I know that. And I hope that our minds, eyes will open a little bit and see people that might be worshiping by themselves. I would love if our congregation, and I don't want to be creepy about this, I really don't, I would love if, if you as a congregation will get in your mind this mindset that no one sits alone in here unless they really want to. I mean, many do sit alone at Christian worship, and I think that few rarely want to do that all the time. They would love for someone to sit down for a minute by them or a seat away from them and engage them in conversation. People that are new to the church or people that are seated alone would love to be invited to your crew. Maybe you go out to breakfast afterwards. Maybe you go somewhere else. Maybe you're going to a movie at three o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday. And, you know, to invite someone else, that's like giving them a whole blessing. Uh, you know, sometimes I've been invited to things and it was like people gave me a thousand bucks. But go ahead and invite people and welcome. Welcome them to your people. Welcome them to your church. But go ahead and invite and welcome your people to your church so that they can come and see what God has done. His awesome deeds for mankind. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the waters on foot. Come, let us rejoice in him. Now, I can't be here today. But I know this for sure. This is going to be a great year. I dressed up in my party gear just to announce that. This is going to be a great year because we are Marian Methodists, a community of belonging, believing, and becoming. A family that takes family seriously, that we seek to apply biblical principles in our modern world, that we're servants of the community and world for Christ's sake, and that we're invitational and welcome. We are Marian Methodists. Let's go!